This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, November 12th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Farm profits sliding, bankers say. All-farm income shoring up farmers and recruiting a top concern at USDA. Lenders report declining U.S. farm profits. The latest survey of the nation's agriculture lenders suggests the farm economy is showing little sign of improving, though many growers are still holding their own. According to the annual survey released by the annual Agricultural Bankers Conference in Dallas, lenders say that just over 57% of their farm borrowers are profitable this year. Some 82.5% of the lenders said that profits are falling and that a decline is consistent across the country. But lenders expect 56% of their borrowers to remain profitable through 2020. These figures were comparable to what lenders reported in 2017 and 2018. The farm profitability picture remains tight in 2019, and ag lenders see that come through in their customers' financials, said Jackson Takich, the chief economist for Farmer Mac. Dairy, grains, and cattle continue to be the sectors of biggest concern to bankers. Off-farm income critical to ag economy. Nathan Kaufman, lead economist and vice president of the Kansas City Fed, said persistently stable land prices, billions in trade mitigation payments, low interest rates, and a long-term buildup of wealth from the good times have all helped U.S. agriculture weather the trade wars and stagnant commodity price. Another factor preventing conditions from getting worse in farm country, the strength of the U.S. economy in general, which has boosted employment opportunities for farmers. All-farm income has played a substantial role in mitigating on-farm difficulties, Kaufman told attendees of the American Bankers Association conference. So what's next? Kaufman said farmers and bankers would be forced to take a close look at their operations if there's any change in those factors that have been propping up the farm economy. If and when one of these items changes, he said, mentioning interest rates, trade payments, and land values, you will want to be thinking how it affects agriculture and how it affects your version of agriculture. Fate of China talks and tariffs remains unclear. President Donald Trump will be talking to the Economic Club of New York today and will be looking for fresh hints about progress in the trade talks with China. At the end of last week, he was throwing into question his willingness to lift tariffs on China and the ability of negotiators to finish a partial phase one trade deal this year. Trump, when asked by reporters Friday when the two countries would sign the trade pact, he said, we'll see what happens, okay? We'll see what happens. China insists at least some tariffs be lifted by both nations, but Trump has been noncommittal. Keep in mind, China is continuing to make substantial purchases of U.S. commodities, including sorghum. USDA, in its latest weekly export sales report, noted more than half of the net sales of sorghum were to China for the week of October 25th to 31st, making it a marketing year high. Net sales to China totaled 123,000 metric tons out of a total of 216,000 for the week. Brazil to open promised wheat import quota. Brazil is finally following through with its 24-year-old promise to implement a 750,000 metric ton tariff rate quota for wheat imports. 
The move is expected to mainly benefit the U.S. and Canadian exporters, and according to U.S. Wheat Associates. Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro pledged to step up the long-dormant quota when he visited the White House in March. But government sources tell AgriPulse that objections from Argentina delayed the process until after the recent presidential election there. Argentina, which is not subject to the 10% Brazilian import tariff, is the primary foreign wheat supplier for Brazil's millers. Brazil is the fourth largest wheat importing country in the world. It produces 5 to 6 million tons of wheat per year, but consumes about 10 million tons. Brazil is a quality-focused wheat market, and its flour millers recognize that U.S. wheat can help them better meet their customers' needs. That USW President Vince Peterson. Congress back in action with USMCA spending up in the air. Impeachment will be dominating the news out of the nation's capital between now and the week of Thanksgiving, but the public hearings kick off tomorrow. But Congress has other critical business, too. Lawmakers will have to take action to avert a government shutdown next week. The continuing resolution that's currently funding the government will expire November 21st. Lawmakers are expected to take up a new CR to run into December. House Democrats also continue to promise that they're closing in on a deal with the White House on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. There's hope of getting a deal done before Thanksgiving, which would trigger Trade Promotion Authority procedures for potentially considering the USMCA implementing bill in December. For more, read our Washington Week Ahead. Survey finds pessimism among USDA staff. More than 40% of USDA employees are concerned the department can't recruit the right people for the job. That according to the latest Office of Personnel Management Survey of government workers. About 42% of USDA employees disagreed or strongly disagreed with the phrase, my work unit is able to recruit people with the right skills. That was the highest percentage among all federal agencies, only slightly ahead of EPA. Some 40% of USDA employees agreed that they had sufficient resources to do their jobs. 43% said they didn't. But 9 out of 10 USDA employees agreed or strongly agreed with the phrase, the work I do is important. Study. Health climate diet. Too expensive. A diet that was promoted as a way of improving global health as well as helping to address climate change would be unaffordable for nearly 1.6 billion people worldwide, according to a new study. Researchers at the International Food Policy Research Institute and Tufts University looked into the recommendations of the EAT Lancet Commission and found the most affordable diet that the panel recommended would cost a global median of two eighty four a day. Nearly one-third of that cost was due to prices for fruits and vegetables. Nuts and legumes would account for about 20% of the cost. A report released last January by the commission said the average diet needs to double fruit, vegetable, nut, and legume consumption and cut red meat consumption in half. How they did it? Well, the IFPRI and Tufts researchers analyzed the cost of the recommendations by comparing retail prices from 2011 for 744 foods in 159 countries. Here's today's He Said It. Without a robust rural economy, 
Every American, especially those in big cities, are going to wake up in the cold, dark, and hungry. That representative Glenn Thompson of Pennsylvania speaking with AgriPulse when talking about the importance of having a thriving farm economy. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, November 12th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.